Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another season of Betting with Babies, the podcast on helping make sports betting less stressful and more profitable. We are so excited to get back together to provide all of you with the insights you need to win your NFL bets each week. This is season three for us on the podcast, and we've got such a great season planned for you, starting with week one. We've got our best plays of the week, our touchdown scores, and much, much more. But before we get into all of that, we've got the team that helps you balance your babies and bets, Mr. No Days Off and Maddie Stats. How we doing, gentlemen? What's up, boys? So excited to be back for season three. Um, wanted to start off with a couple of uh, a couple of bets I made in the past couple weeks. First, Big. I wanted to get your guys' opinion. <laughs> Already, you're going with it, Matt. Already. First bet I'm going with is the Bears' win total under at five and a half. Have you guys looked at the roster? They have a quarterback that's not good. One receiver in Darnell Mooney, probably the worst offensive line in football. And their defense is nothing to write home about either. I don't see where all their wins are coming from. What do you guys think? Five and a half. Don't like the Bears. Um, it didn't take us very long to get on the Bears. Uh, we're already on the Bears. 30 seconds in. Matty Stats? Uh, I'm a big coach name guy, and I can't imagine a guy w- with the name Eber Flus being successful in the NFL. So for that reason, I'm going to follow that bet. And Love that's that. not even Love a name that. guy either. So that was good by him. You looked that up, Matt, or what? I had the whole like dictation going. I like, <laughs> made Google read it to me once or twice. All right. I know you got other future bets, but let's sprinkle those in throughout the show. Maddie stats. How we doing? Hey, we're doing good. We're uh, busy coaching youth soccer, which uh, is interesting because I've never played soccer. So uh, that's fun. Uh, kind of sucks for those kids. And, uh, you do have a lot of experience in FIFA, though. I'll give you that. Yeah, but the thing is, I'm not good at FIFA either. So I'm not <laughs> good in real life or <laughs> fake life. So, uh, but no, all in all, good stuff there. Uh, moving the family uh, October 1st. So a lot of packing going on. Uh, not doing the best job balancing my baby's bets and everything I got going on, but I'm ready for football. I need an excuse not to put things in boxes on Sunday, and football is going to be that for me. Love that. Love that. I mean, that's kind of what being a dad is all about, right? No soccer experience, but they ask you, they need a coach. They need someone to show up and coach the kids, and uh, you're there, ready to go. Got a clipboard. I got a whistle. That's, yeah. Let's get 90% of it. The dad coaching attire is is a whole different discussion that we can get into for sure. Uh, but it's good to be back, gentlemen. It's been a long off season. I know we've been ramping up over the last couple of weeks, but tomorrow's kickoff, Thursday night football. We'll touch on that game a little bit. But let's get into kind of what we got planned for this season. Starting tomorrow, we've got a few drops, right? So we'll drop this podcast tomorrow. Um, we'll let everybody on the Instagram page know when the podcast is out. We'll continue to do the lock of the day throughout the NFL season. Uh, it'll probably be majority college football. And then NBA, once that starts, we'll keep the the NFL locks for for the VIP members. We'll also got our touchdown score parlay. That'll be for the VIP members. And then our pod picks each week. 
there'll be some overlap, but we do we do our own annual competition. We want to keep track of that on the podcast. So if you listen to the podcast, you're going to get those bets for absolutely free. And we keep track of those on the page. And we've got a pretty big prize on the line for the winner and the loser this year, which we'll get into a little bit more. Did I miss anything, gentlemen? No, we got the pod picks. Now that's exclusive. Uh, that's, that's exclusive to the podcast, right? That's exclusive to the podcast. I mean, we'll we'll post it after the games start on Sunday, okay. just so got people it. could follow along. But you got to listen to the podcast to get access to those, and then obviously our VIP members will send them, you know, all our plays throughout the NFL season, our best bets, our touchdown mm-hmm. scores. So they'll get everything in there, and then you know we'll keep continue to put good content on the page as well. So for this episode and for all of our episodes, we're going to get into our best bets of the week. Uh, we're going to go around the horn, picking our best bets. We take a couple games off the board. Those are exclusive to VIP members. So our three best bets that we love for week one that we've already put our bets in, got our tickets for those are off the board when it comes to our pod picks. So we'll get into what games we like uh, excluding those. And then we've got our touchdown scores. We're going to rank our top six touchdown scores for the year. This is what it's all about for me. This is my favorite segment. I know it's a lot of the people on the page's favorite segment. Are we ready to talk about touchdown scores or what? Let's do it. Let's do it. So let's get into our touchdown scores. This is where we go around the horn and we rank our top six touchdown scores for week one. And so before we get into that, our own Maddie stats will give us some insights into what we should expect for week one as we look at the lineup and pick our touchdown scores. All right. So just to kick this off, we get a lot more data once games have been played. So this week we're approaching it a little bit differently. We don't have any of the utilization data, who's getting the ball in the five yard within the five yard line. It's a lot of stuff we don't have access to. And that's why they play the game. So we can actually see the data and kind of go through that. So this week, the way we're approaching this is we're going to have a lot of guys in here that are going to have a bit lower odds, but are more likely to score. And we're going to go real a little bit conservative in week one, and then we'll ratchet it up next week once we got the data. So with that in mind, Amato, do you want to kick us off with our first TD score for the week? I would love to. So we are going to start in a divisional game, and we are going to the LA Chargers and the Las Vegas Raiders. And we're talking one of our favorite touchdown scores from last year. And we're going to carry that momentum into this year. We're going to go Austin Eckler as our number one ranked touchdown score for week one. Mr. No Days Off, what do you think about that? I love it. He's going to get the bulk of the carries, the touches out of the backfield. He's catching the ball. He's running the ball. And that that's a high-powered Chargers offense right there. High-powered offense. Yeah, what we like about our touchdown scores, right, we want to find games that we expect to be high-scoring games, right? So when you look at the over-under lines, you find the, the games that have the higher lines. You expect to have a lot of touchdowns in those games. You're going to find your touchdown scores. And this is a game that's got one of the highest totals. We're going to see a lot of fireworks. We love Austin Eckler in the number one spot. Uh, so lock that in as our top touchdown scorer for this week. Mr. No Days Off, I'll pass it over to you. Who we got for number two? Derrick Henry versus the Giants. He is the man in Tennessee. They give him the ball. We, we know what's going to happen, right? They're in the red zone. They're inside the five. Derrick Henry's getting the ball. And not only that, think- Titans are going to blow out the Giants this week. So there's oh, going to be a lot so? of running. I don't know about that. I mean, the Giants have a lot to prove. But what is it about the Titans you think that's going to be the difference? You know, Tannehill's not good. 
I don't think it's so much the Titans. I think it's more the Giants. I actually like Brian Dable a lot, and I think he's going to do good things for the Giants, but that's a bad roster. Uh, they made a couple bad signings. Like Kenny Galladay doesn't even look like he's going to play. Like, is he the second or third? Re- like, he should, he's, he's number just one. Not good. It, it, doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter where you put him if Daniel Jones is throwing it to you. You can be one or three. He doesn't get the ball. Yeah. Um, you know, some money stats as we get into this game, though. Right now, currently, the line is plus six for the Giants. That's the best line I'm finding. And right now, 48% of the bets is on the Giants. So the Titans are getting the majority of the bets, a little closer than I would expect it. But 89% of the cash is on the Giants. So wow. meaning the big bets, the big money bets are coming in on Giants plus six. So there's some insight. Obviously, we're recording on a Wednesday, so that will change as we get closer. But that'll be an interesting game. But we like, uh, for all the reasons that were mentioned, we like Derrick Henry in the two spot. And, I mean, he came back healthy, right? He played in two games before the season, or he played in one game before the season ended, which tells me if he was able to do that full season of rehab. It's also like a fluke injury. It wasn't like he pulled a hamstring or something. He like broke something in his foot. So yeah, and and no AJ Brown. They they replace him with a rookie Burks, who everyone expects to be good. But is he going to come in and actually replace AJ Brown and have that trust with Tannehill and Brown that they had last year? So what are you going to do there? You're going to lean on the run, and we like that for Derrick Henry and our number two touchdown score for the week. Maddie stats over to you for number three. All right, so for number three, we're going to be going with Joe Mixon versus the Steelers. I like Joe Mixon a lot this year. Uh, He's kind of alpha back there. There's nobody actually sharing the backfield with him, so you know he's getting not only passing down work, but he's getting the third down work. And um, I'm just a big Joe Mixon fan in general, and I think think he's going to have a good game against the Steelers. Yeah, I like Joe Mixon. I mean, he was really reliable for us last year. A lot of times we put him in a parlay and he would score not only once, he would get in there twice. And the young talent on these Bengals, I mean, you think about Joe Mixon, it's like he's been in the league for a long time, but he's like 25 years old. I was just looking that up. 26, Amato. He is still 20. in the prime of his career. I mean, the, the stars they got on that team that are you know 26 and younger is, is crazy. Right now, it's pretty even split. The money is 50-50 Steelers-Bengals. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, division game. Plus six and a half. Trubisky's getting the start. Eek. Eek. Yeah. How many games? Okay, here we go. How many games until Kenny Pickett comes in? Six? Three. Three. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, this here- is one of those scenarios where, like, you, I think if even at two and two, they might make a switch, right? I don't think you need to be terrible to get yeah. pulled in this situation. All right, but here, how about this? Mitch Trubisky was named at name a captain uh yeah so that kind of i feel like when you name a placeholder a captain he's going to get a few extra weeks right i mean they i think they really hope that trubisky can do it i mean he's shown signs Mm. flashes okay they're there they're there you got to find them i mean you got to dig for them but they're there (laughs) we'll see but i was it's interesting to see that the money split i mean you got the Bengals are we're in the super bowl last year right i mean they they returned everybody. Should be an interesting first game. A Are they going to pick up where they left off? I mean, you would think with the young talent they might, but Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. It is a real thing. I mean, I don't have any 
Joe Burrow concerns. I don't think any of that was a fluke. I think he's the real deal, but they have oh, a tough yeah. division. I mean, they could get they're going to beat each other up regardless. Yeah. The thing that I like that the Bengals did is they signed three new offensive linemen that are all yep. better than what they had on their offensive line last year. Now, it takes a little while for that offensive line to gel, but that line was atrocious last year. What Joe Burrow did was absolutely amazing. So amazing. I think if anything, he gets a little bit more time and you get to see him shine a little bit more this season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at their O-line now. They only returned one starter from last year. The rest are free agent signings. (laughs) Those guys didn't even land on another team. They just, they're on the couch. (laughs) Um, One of them was a right tackle of the Dolphins cut earlier in the year and he ended up going to the Bengals and starting for them in the Super Bowl incredible all right well we love joe mix so we'll lock him in at the number three spot i'll take number four and we are headed to tampa bay we've got the cowboys coming to town against the tampa bay buccaneers brady 45 years old can he do it again we think yes at least week one the weapons that they have uh mike evans chris godwin they add julio jones They've got Leonard Fournette. I mean, we're going to put in Mike Evans here at the number four spot. What do you guys think? So there's a lot of potential. My hate for Tom Brady is well documented on this podcast. And so they have three, all three starting interior linemen gone for weeks, some of the season and stuff. So I think one retired, one's on the IR, and the other one's out for a while. So there is a lot of potential for Brady to be crying and to be getting hit a lot. What's probably going to happen, he's going to thrive and do even better. But I'm just saying, you know, I, I would just love to see him get like pounded 20 times a game. That would just, that would make me really happy. Does that impact <laughs> how you feel about Mike Evans in the number four spot? Nah, he'll chuck it up a couple of times to Mike Evans and he's nasty. I, Mike Evans, what, six straight years of a thousand yards, I think it is. And he's one of the most underrated yeah, receivers. I mean, he's very consistent up there yep. with Devontae yep. Adams, probably in two, two to Devontae and just about everything, I would think. Yeah. Touchdowns for sure. So the reason I like Mike Evans this week is he's expected to see most of his coverage from Trayvon Diggs. Mm-hmm. And what that means is Brady's going to throw at least one pick, so I'll take that over. Um, but he's going to get torched at least three times by Mike Evans. <laughs> And he's going to put up like 130 yards. So I'll also take the Mike Evans yards over. <laughs> yeah. Diggs is does... going for, he's going for the interception record. He gives zero fucks if he gets burned <laughs> yeah. three times a game. Yep. Yeah. He's you just need a good safety route. if Trayvon Diggs is on your team. Yeah, I saw some of the highlights coming out of like the uh, the team practices. And he was getting burnt. I don't, I don't remember who he was getting burnt by, but he was getting burnt. He's getting burnt by CD. Oh, yeah, C.D. Lambs. C.D.'s going to be in this touchdown parlay. I just want to see how often he's getting the ball. Yeah. 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 And you got some new talent in there, too. Without Gallup in the lineup for the first couple weeks, it's going to be, you know, a lot of C.D. A lot of C.D. They got Tolbert, that rookie that they drafted, who they really like. And they're going to feed the ball to two running backs. I mean, I like this to be another high-scoring game, which is why it lands on our touchdown list right it's a high scoring game you got the number one receiver and you're not gonna you can't double team mike evans i mean you because now you got to deal with julio jones you got to deal with chris godwin and i don't who do they got a tight end cameron Cameron brate you know they like him playing 
I don't know if Godwin Godwin might not be playing. Actually, he got injured pretty bad towards the end of the year. Did he tear his ACL or something? He is. We, we should potentially play. He's he, supposed to yes. play. He is oh, supposed nice. to play. Good. He just shed the knee brace in practice this week. Oh. Actually, right now yeah, so he's on a Can pitch. You drafted him. <laughs> they picked up. They picked up another dude from Atlanta. Yes, Gage. Gage. Russell Gage. Who I've heard a lot of a lot of the people I listen to have saying that he's he's a sleeper too if Godwin struggles to get back on the field or you know isn't ready to go. So um high score in there. We'll take Mike Evans at number four. Send it over to Mr. No Days Off for number five. Travis Kelsey against Arizona. Tyreek Hill is in Miami. It's gonna be a high scoring game with Arizona. And he's gonna throw the ball to his safety blanket in Travis Kelsey. Probably over 10 targets this game. What do you think, Matty? Yeah, so uh, PFF has him with a 59% advantage over the linebacker who is expected to cover him, which is I. Simmons. Yeah. Well, Kel- Kelsey's nasty. He's like, And he's getting up there. He's like 33 years old, 32 years old, too. He's, he's not even that young. He's been around for a while. Uh, here's another one. Chiefs under, I took, 10 and a half games. I think they're going to struggle replacing... Tyreek Hill. That division is loaded, so they're all going to beat up on each other. And th- that defense is real young, so it's going to take a while for them to, uh, to gel. Ten and a half games. I think this is a down year for the Chiefs. Hmm. I mean, Boys? It, it's, it's possible. I mean, I think they've, they've, they tried to replace Tyreek Hill in two ways, right? They drafted Sky Moore, who they like, not going to be ready right away. And then they brought in Juju Smith-Schuster. So it's a different type of look for sure. Their division is stacked. So could they? I could. Could I see them splitting their division games? Yes. And then all of a sudden, that ten and a half is pretty, yep. pretty, pretty close. They got to win eleven games, and that, that's yeah, that's no easy task. Close. All right, we'll lock in Travis Kelsey at number five, and so let's round out number six, week one. Who are we got? Who's our anchor? Who's closing it out? Jonathan Taylor. Uh, they're playing the Texans, and. Uh, Funny enough, there's a lot of money on the Texans this week, a surprising uh, amount of money on the Texans this week. But I still think Jonathan Taylor, he's the only he's the only guy in town and uh, he's going to put he's going to punch one in for six. They're, they're like the Texans are only getting seven and a half here that I'm looking at. They're getting seven and a half. But right now there's 87 percent of the cash is on Houston. And I think a lot has to do with. Davis Mills. I think a lot of people are 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 very optimistic about Davis Mills. Their running back Pierce that they drafted has, you know, was good enough to have them cut Marlon Mack, who was, you know, supposed to be the projected starter mm-hmm. uh, heading into training camp. So I'd, I I love the Colts. You guys know that. My one future bet I put in before the season start was Colts to win the AFC championship. I love that bet. You'll hear me stand by them. But Plus seven in a division game is a big line, but not enough to keep him out of our touchdown parlay. Uh, and he might get two of those. So I feel very comfortable. There's something really like warm and fuzzy about seeing Jonathan Taylor as your number six touchdown score. That makes me feel really good about Absolutely. our week one parlay. So lock it in. We've got Austin Eckler, Derek Henry, Joe Mixon, Mike Evans, Travis Kelsey, and Jonathan Taylor uh, as our top six touchdown scores. And for our VIPs, we'll be giving out our TD score parlay, which might include all six of these if we want to get crazy. Might be a combination of three or four of them. 
So look out for that um, on Sunday morning. So that wraps it up for the TD scores. Let's jump right into our pod plays. This is where we give you our best bets of the week after taking the top games off the board. So just so uh, each of you know, there's a couple games that we love that are going to go just to the VIP uh, members for this week. Uh, and so you take those games off the board. There's three, actually. So we have choice of all the other games. Other than that, we've got a big competition on the line. We're going to keep track of each bet that we make. We want to win this competition because the prize is pretty nice, pretty shiny, pretty exciting. And so let's get into week one. Mr. No Days Off, you are first up on this board. Let's do also just recap the, the champion coming in from last year, myself. Who? Coming in with the pod picks record from last year, but I do forget how the standings finished after that. Who was two and three? Oh, well, I remember because I was in the basement all year and Matt was running his mouth. And all of a sudden, late in the season, fourth quarter, I climb up the standings and take that second place finish. Even I think I pulled within like two or three games of you, Amato. Too, it, it was getting a little, it was getting a little tight at the end. Two or three yeah. games from me. Two or three. Oh, you, I, I could tell you the fall from five and two to eight and nine wasn't pretty, and it oh, didn't yeah. feel good. No, Maddie was Maddie was hit all sorts of uh, sports betting turbulence about halfway through the NFL season last year. He was following fading himself. He was in a tough tough echo chamber <laughs> i'd make a pick and then it'd be my turn to read my pick and i would just switch the pick <laughs> and then the pick would actually hit and i was like i was right the first time and not the right time it, it wasn't good it wasn't yeah, good yeah. Last, last four weeks of the season not, he was he was feeling the heat not Man, a fun he, memory he broke the number one rule which is he didn't trust the process he threw the process out the window and he was just hoping for the best Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, it, we ended up with a really close finish for second place last season. Uh, and I know you boys are trying to take the crown. And so we'll see what we got for this year. Start with week one. Teddy, get first choice on the board. Who do you got? I'm going to take the Packers. Currently, uh, I have it at minus one and a half at Minnesota. couple reasons. Number one. There's a very good Packers defense that's coming in. Minnesota's offense. They got Justin Jefferson. I'm not loving it's a new coach. It takes a little time for them to get going. Kirk Cousins, I'm not a big fan of Kirk Cousins either. The two-headed monster at running back is really the main reason why I like the Packers. I think they're both going to get 15 touches a game. A.J. Dillon, Aaron Jones, and I think they're really, with the lack of experience at receiver, Devontae Adams going to the Raiders, I think they're really going to lean heavily on the run game this year. And when you do that, Aaron Rodgers can play action pass. He's an excellent quarterback. So uh, I'm taking the Packers, minus one and a half. Division game, week one, you're just going right into it, huh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Right into a division game. Uh, the, the Vikings still have that Mike Zimmer stench on them. I mean, they still got Adam Thielen, right? They've got a veteran presence. Mm. Eh. Eh. All right. I, you know, I'm, I'm poking holes. I'm poking holes. I, I got nothing. It's your pick. You need a bigger hole than they still got Adam Thielen. Let <laughs> <laughs> me jump in to what the stats tell us here. So for this game, we got 59% of the cash 
and 41% of the tickets on the Packers. PFF gives the Packers a 56.4% cover probability. As for line movement, this one opened up at minus 2.5 back in August and has moved to minus 1.5 as of last Saturday. Both Kirk Cousins and Rodgers turned in career years last year, with Rodgers being more statistically significant, while Cousins had a career-high PFF grade last season. In the trenches, the Packers' O-line holds an 18% advantage over the Vikings against the pass, but a minus 22% disadvantage against the run. The real question for me in this one is who the hell is Rodgers going to throw the ball to? Their depth chart at wide receiver is Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, and Randall Cobb. That's right. They, and they got those two nice uh, dubs and Christian Watson, rookie receivers that I think are going to come on throughout the season. Yeah, uh, and I know, actually really like those guys. Watson yeah. looks like he's going to be a big target uh, for, yeah. for Rodgers. Now, and Sammy Watkins hasn't played more than six games in 10 years, so... Yeah. We know what's happening but there. He we is a week one superstar. Expect fireworks when he's on the field. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's good. But, you know, he's pulling a hammy, coming back, pulling another hammy. And that's he had like season. eight touchdowns last year. He played like four games. I think he scored two <laughs> touchdowns in week one. I don't know if any of those stats are real. I don't think it's too far off. I want to say he had like multi-touchdown <laughs> game week one last year. Yeah, so Sammy Watkins has a thing where he always blows up week one. Everybody spends a ton of waiver money on him in fantasy, and then yep. he just sucks for the rest of the season. Yep. Think about it, yeah. All right. About right. So, so just, to, just to fact check you, though, 27 receptions for 394 yards and one touchdown. Oof. One touchdown. <laughs> way Sam- off. Samsonite. I was way off. Well, we have Maddie stats here, so I can say these things because I trust that he will correct me when I'm wrong, which is awful. Uh, all right, so we don't have an official follow fade this year, though. We just got our pod pick, so we're locking in the Packers as Teddy's first pod pick for Week One. Uh, I will take number two uh, off the board, and we're going to go with the 49ers minus seven at Chicago. I really like the Niners coming into this game. They've got a strong defense. They were a play away from making it to the Super Bowl. And I think their Trey Lance transition is a better move for them. I think they're going to be even harder to figure out from a running perspective. Dink and dunk a little more of a West Coast style offense. I don't see how the Bears can answer the Niners. Uh, offensive run game. So I want to take the 49ers minus seven here. What do you guys think? All right. Well, stat wise, we've got 35% of the cash and 70% of the tickets on the 49ers. The line has been inconsistent on this one and has been at minus seven since late August. PFF gives the 49ers a cover probability of 46.6, which isn't great. Both of the quarterbacks in this matchup put up absolutely awful PFF grades last year with Lance's suffering somewhat from a small sample size. But Fields, when I look game by game uh, at his PFF grades, there's virtually nothing redeeming. He looked really bad last year. Yep. In, in the trenches, the Bears' offensive line is expected to completely overmatched. They hold a negative 36% disadvantage and a negative 16% disadvantage against the run. Taking all that into the account, and this being Matt Eberflus's first game as head coach, 
And I kind of have a fanboy level obsession with Kyle Shanahan and how he runs an offense. I'm going to take the 49ers. I'm going to follow you, Amato, and the 49ers got this by two touchdowns. They should. They should. I mean, the Trey Lance start scares me, but I think they can do enough on the ground to just cover the spread. I don't, yeah, I don't even think they'll need a motion. Like, there's going to be like a offensive lineman behind under center. Like, they're going to do something weird. They always do something weird. I something love something crazy. Something crazy. All right. So that means you, Maddie Stats, you get the third game off the board for Week One, coming in third place from last year. Uh, what do you got for your first pick? All right. So we're going to be looking at the Bengals versus the Steelers with the Bengals at minus six and a half, and I'm going with the Bengals mainly because of the great offseason they had. I loved uh, a lot of their additions on both offense and defense, specifically the offensive line, which we already covered. Um, Stat-wise, though, we've got 49% of the cash and 60% of the tickets on the Bengals. PFF gives the Bengals a 50.8 cover probability. One thing that worries me a little bit with the Bengals is that they have a negative 17% disadvantage against the pass, but they do have a 20% advantage against the run. So the one thing I do want to take into account here is Mitch Trubisky. He's awful. Yep. He's so bad. Not and great. like, I just, I just can't see the Bengals losing to the Steelers. I'm not as high on the Bengals with their win total for the season, but in this game specifically against the Mitch Trubisky led Steelers, I feel real, really strongly about the Bengals. Steelers are a tough out though. They're really well coached. You know, we we were talking earlier about potentially a Bengals Super Bowl hangover. The Steelers are just going to be a tough out every week, you know. And even and they made the playoffs last year, and Big Ben was awful week in and week out. I mean, he couldn't throw the ball. He had no zip on his passes. It was it, it was tough to watch. And they still made the playoffs, so they're going to be a tough out every year. I do like it though, Maddie, um, because there's a lot of talent. There's a lot of young talent on that Bengals team. So, and Joe Burrow is definitely the real deal. Yeah, it's a, I mean, you guys both went with division games. I, you know, the division games are tough to call, especially Week One. But I, I don't see any reason why the Bengals' offense slows down here, even though the Steelers have a good defense. And so then you're left with having to keep up. And to your point, I don't, I don't trust Trubisky. Uh, to do that. And so I, I, I like the Bengals here. It's a good pick, solid pick. So that is our pod picks for this week. So Teddy's got the Packers at minus one and a half. I'm taking the 49ers at minus seven. And Maddie Stats has the Bengals at minus, was it minus six and a half? Yep. Okay. So lock that in. There's our touchdown scores for week one and our pod picks for the week as well. Uh, we will post some of this stuff on the page. Uh, we'll, we'll also uh, send a link out to let everybody know that this is up and running. We want your feedback. It's week one for us. Uh, we're always looking to get your feedback. We want to make sure we're adding value as much as we can. And not just with the sports betting, but also with helping balance your babies and bets. And so before we sign off for the night, we want to get into the dad zone a little bit. Welcome to the Dad Zone. And tonight in the Dad Zone, we're going to talk about dad economics, which for us, as we're thinking about our bankrolls for the sports betting season, it's important to understand what it costs to be a dad. And so we've got some fun stats around the dad economics. 
Uh, and this data is up to 2021. So we've got some pretty recent data. We're going to do some over-unders here. I'm curious what you guys think, some different categories. I want you to tell me if you think it's over or under from a dollar amount. Starting with the average cost of raising a kid through the age of 17, I'm going to set the over-under line at $275,000. Over. Are we talking with the inflation in 2021? So 2021 <laughs> data. Um, I don't know how much in a, into into the latest regime we've done the research here. Uh, I'm going to go under. That says under 275000 The number up in 2021, the average cost of raising a child through the age of 17 is $303,000. Oh, yeah. The they're over. They're, they're expensive. That's expensive to the age of 17. You got some expensive purchases as we get there. I know all of us are are pre-seven pre years old, so we've got some time, but uh, ain't that, cheap. Was, that was 21 data. Who knows where we'll be by the time we get to <laughs> it all. All right, let's go to the second one. I want to give you over under here. So how much the average parent spends per child on holiday presents? Set the over under line at 250, $250. I'm going over. I know you're definitely going over. I'm also going to go over. I mean, I just. $422. The yeah. average parent spends per child on holiday presents. Yeah. Looking back, it's like ridiculous. But in the moment, like, I, I don't know. I just, my son just had a birthday and you just want to get him a bunch of shit. You know, he's into Legos. So obviously I had to get him like a, a big Lego table and then I had to get him like a pizza shop to go on there. He already had like one or two other little shops, but I had to build it in like a street thing. And I'm spending my hours when he goes to bed. I spent two or three hours like resetting it up and stuff because he's messed it up. And like, I got to set it up again. Yeah. You know, it becomes a whole thing. Oh. Now we are just to let you know, guys know that was three weeks ago. We are maxed out on space in, in the Lego table. So I'm thinking, I get a bridge, I get a second table and get a bridge over to another, another town. What do you guys think? Easy, buddy. Easy. <laughs> Slow I know, I down. Like I, I like Legos a lot. You've been sending the pictures and I've been like being like, okay, all right, Lego table. This is happening. I want Legos. We got the magnet tiles now, but now that I saw the Lego table, the magnet tiles just aren't doing it for me. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 amount of money we spend on gifts for our kids who are like ages you know three and four is like ridiculous. Yeah, and then they, they, don't, even play with they it. don't even care about it. They yes. care. They, uh, from the time they they open it to the time that it's like first set up, they're like already over it. They, how many months they get? Like what two two three months use out of it, and then they've moved on. And we still yeah, do it. 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 You give it back to me. I think it's because like for me at least, I I'm getting him stuff too early. It's like, yeah, this is six plus. I'm like, nah, he's ready. He likes this stuff. Oh, and then it's like, he, do you think he puts together little Legos? The one by one <laughs> Legos, the two by two Legos? Yeah, those are too tiny. See, you'll re, you'll cycle those back in front of him about three years. He'll be all over it. <laughs> Listen, I, I tell myself we're building fine motor skills. Also, color identification. Because I'm like, Luca, look at the picture and get me the one that looks like that. And he does that sometimes. So that, that's how I justify it to myself. But I'm the one building in front of a TV while we watch the movie. 
Incredible, incredible. All right, so let's get back to this. So the average four hundred twenty-two dollars spent uh, right there. It, it goes quick, as you can as you can tell. Let's do a stat here: diapers, diaper stat. I am in this. This is I got two kids in diapers right now. This is this is a big number here. How many diapers will a baby go through in its first year? Setting the over at two thousand one hundred diapers. 2000 i'm gonna use a calculator right quick i'm gonna do oh, five God, i already times. got it up on my screen yeah let's go now I'm give gonna... me a number 2100 you think it's more or less less i think it's slightly i think it's 1900 you're going with the under 1900 going over going over so according to this 2700 diapers is how many diapers a baby will go through in its first year Oof. That is a lot of, of diaper changing. I got to know. First year, let's say there are 2,700 diaper changes. What percentage of those diaper changes are are you personally doing? I would say Luca's first year, I was a solid 52%. I have no qualms about changing a diaper. I'm right in there, and it's it's never been an issue. See... She's off for the first three months, which means she's got a lot more hours and a lot, and you're doing a lot less diapers. So for me, I'm going to go like 70, 30. Cause that, that first couple of months, you're doing like 10, 12 a day. It's awful. It's so many diapers. It's just every hour. It's just a diaper. Real quick, real and, quick. Uh, going back to a little, you know, drawback to one of the previous episodes, didn't Mac get into a whole statistical analysis on diapers and price them out per diaper? Do you remember that? Yeah. 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 It was yeah. 26 cents per diaper. <laughs> wait, wait, one, we white do some pee, one white per pee, three white per poop. Yeah. Oh, right. and then we're, we're using the honest wipes. Those are six cents a piece. Wait, hold on. Hold on. So 2,700, 2,700 di diapers, right? Times 26 cents. It said seven hundred dollars. Does that seem like it makes sense? Matt, Staddy, Matt, back up my Stand math here. We're doing math. Not a math guy. Not a math. Guy. That is seven hundred and thirty dollars, which seems shockingly low. It does. But you know what it is? Our kids are a lot older, and the small diapers are cheaper than the big diapers, and all that kind of stuff. Moving past, I got a couple of spicy stats we'll throw out here. So this says the average amount of hours a dad spends per week on household chores and child care is 32 and a half hours. That's dedicated to child care and what do you mean child care? Like watching like, your like kids? Watching your kids. Like be like like I don't know. So it's basically, you know, almost just about a full time job being a dad and then you have a full time job. It's basically what this is saying. Um Okay, let me give you this one. So this gives a number of what an wait, average... Wait, we didn't answer the first one. Well, I gave you the number. There's just oh, number. I missed it. 32 and a half. This is the... Oh. the I wanna, I'm, gonna, I'm curious where you guys go with this, right? So they give out the average amount that you would spend on a kid as the tooth fairy, right? So the total tooth fairy expense per child. So you got to think about like, when do you actually start and stop giving out money for teeth and how much yep. do you give per teeth? So what's the average dollar amount spent per child on tooth? $52. Now it's too many, too much, too much money. $42. All right. We'll back into how you got there first, but let's hear what Matt, let's hear what Matt's number. Actually, is. I'm going to actually flip this question on you guys. So we had a tooth 
pop out this week. And I want you guys to guess what I gave the kids for their money. Let me ask one clarifying question. How? Wait, one. Was kid, this our first tooth? Keith? One kid first or second tooth. Oh, and and how close between did they lose the second one and the third one? There was like months in between it. So just like, what do you think my what do you think my tooth unit is? One dollar. One. I, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say a dollar two. Twelve dollars. Twelve dollar tooth. <laughs> Holy shit! So, I can't even get you to buy me a beer. So there's two gold coins. We got the uh, Sacagawea coins. So the gold coins are a big deal. They care more about that. And there's two fives. And each kid gets a five when the other one loses a tooth because they get upset if the other one's got a five and they don't. Wow. Look. Lots of tooth money being thrown around. Look, look, I'm not management over here. I'm just a uh, worker bee. (laughs) You know, I need a union rep or something to help me out. But I don't have a lot of say in what goes on there. Matt, you're you're in finance, but you just... Yeah, yeah, you have as much say as you are. I'm surprised that foot hasn't slammed down yet on $12. You know, they only have 20 teeth, so. Well, so that's the, okay, so you said $42. You said 12, so you didn't answer the question. So you you said there's 20 teeth and there's $12 a tooth, right? So I was going like two bucks. Yeah. So what is that? 12 times 20? Okay. Twenty. You want me to do math at ten thirty at night? That's two hundred forty dollars. But I got two kids. But see, I'm doubling up on kids. So now the other one's going to get there. So I'm technically average. I'm all in on four eighty. I'm in on four. I'm I'm committed to four eighty over these kids' lives. So the average answer was twenty dollars. So that's like a dollar per tooth. Twenty teeth, dollar per tooth. Matt, you are way above the national average and i'm shocked by that well you know i've been teased my whole life about a certain thing so <laughs> i think i'm just overcompensating yeah Love it. All, right. all right well let's wrap this up for our first episode there's some good dad content for you as you manage your bankroll and uh the cost of being a dad on top of that so uh good luck this week getting into week one as you go through balancing your babies and vets uh whether you follow or fade we hope to make some cash we'll see you next week